The Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded Chapter 7 Vaughn's Nemesis He's waking up! Are you sure? I should probably hit him just to be safe! Christian opened his eyes. He was lying on the bank of a small stream. Wilderness surrounded him. Truth and Zealot stood over him, looking down with concern and curiosity. Christian! We thought you were out for good! Zealot picked Christian up and squeezed him with a hug that threatened to crack a bone. There's no time to waste, my boy! Let's get walking! The gateway isn't far off! He plopped Christian down. Christian looked around, trying to get his bearings. In the distance was a massive rectangular gate. I didn't know we were this close. Truth walked in front of him towards the gateway. I told you the City of Morality was on the way to the gateway. I think that's why it ensnares so many travelers. Enough talk! Let's get to it! Zealot pushed Christian forward. There's no telling when that law character will show up again, and there's no telling how long that magical girl will be able to... A flash of light. Love materialized in front of them, floating just above the ground. Did somebody say love? She flung her arms around, sending flashes of light, hearts, and rainbows projecting from the electronic devices on her clothes. No, Truth said. Oh, Love looked embarrassed. Hold on, I'll try again. Go back to saying what you were saying. Love floated off behind a rock and waited. Zealot paused. Uh, I was saying there's no telling how long that magical girl Love will be. Another flash of light. Love appeared again and repeated her pose. Did somebody say love? Sis, Truth said. Can you stop with the gratuitous flamboyance? Love gave a friendly smirk. Truth, you know nobody understands you when you use words with over three syllables. Flamboyance only has three syllables, love. Christian stepped in front of Love. Love, how are you here? What happened to Law? Love winked at Christian and smiled. Thank you for asking, darling. It was an epic struggle that wrecked the city and will no doubt be talked about in song and legend. Swarms of his law robots attacking from all angles. I valiantly held them back with my force field projectors, trying to save all I could from the city. Zealot looked entranced. Wondrous! Truth looked unconvinced. He ruthlessly vanquished you, didn't he? No, Love said. After a while, I decided I was of better use here. He did get away, though. I don't know where he is now. Probably after us. Christian glanced around, but there was no sign of the robot. How long was I out? This is an allegory, Truth said. So time is really hard to measure, as most beings here are incorporeal, eternal philosophical concepts and thus not temporally bound. Wait. But earlier in the City of Morality, you said to meet me in an hour, and you did. Yes, allegories are also known for their wildly inconsistent rules, However, I did say time was hard to measure, not impossible. In any event, Christian said with confusion in his voice, we need to get to the gate. Christian turned to run in that direction. The rest followed. Zealot's armor clanged with each step, his face forward, focused. Truth walked with her hands behind her and glanced about at the terrain, not looking where she was going, yet not missing a single step. Love floated after Christian, her feet not touching the ground and her attention on him. They continued to travel for several difficult-to-measure, allegorically non-specific time increments. So, Love said in one of those tones women use when they're interested but trying to act like they aren't. How are you doing? Love smiled, still hovered above the ground, matching Christian's speed. Christian glanced at her sideways. Are you flirting with me? Now? Why? Do you want me to flirt with you? 
Her smile deepened. Uh, I just wanted to ask how you were doing, but romantic pursuits are indeed a noble and useful element that can ease your journey. Not good for man to be alone and all that, though I should warn you that I'm not actually a representation of a human female, but a personification of a series of virtuous concepts using a feminine anthropomorphism, so dating would be complicated. Oh dear, Christian said. Another truth. Well, we are sisters. Zealot stepped between them. But kept walking. Now listen here, you well-meaning magus of machinery. We are interested in getting to the gateway and removing burdens. We don't have time to assess our personal feelings or pursue romance. Hey, Love said, you've got to pursue the gateway with more than just your mind and strength. She pointed to Truth and Zealot. Zealot and Truth exchanged a glance. What else is there? Zealot said. Love laughed. Oh, you two are adorable. No. Zealot motioned towards Truth. She is adorable. I am a hard, grizzled ruffian who must get Christian through that gateway and will not stop for any mere distraction. You seemed fine with going to the City of Morality, Truth said, muttering. Don't you go putting that on me, truly, Zealot said. Going to that city was your idea in the first place. It was still beneficial, wasn't it? You still have your upgraded conscience, don't you? Zealot checked the weapon. Yes, but we almost died. Well, Truth said, nothing is perfect. Love floated over to both of them. But it should be. Indeed, Zealot said. Why can't things be perfect? That's why we went to the city of morality. We just wanted to better ourselves. What's wrong with seeking perfection? Besides it being impossible, Truth said. Yes, besides that. You're being a homunculi, Zealot, Love said. Truth and Zealot looked confused. Love pointed at Truth. If you understand all knowledge and all mysteries, is that enough? Uh, Truth seemed to not have a ready answer, which seemed unusual. Love pointed at Zealot. If you give all you have to the poor and are willing to die to do what is right, is that enough? Zealot hesitated. Yes? No! Love said, seeking perfection is inherently selfish in nature. You're wishing to make yourself better. And that's bad? Zealot said, it's not bad. It's insufficient. So many people try to find the gateway by keeping a bunch of rules or following a religious code. Yes, Zealot said. That's what false religions deal was. Saying we could just needed to follow some set of bizarre rules and hide under his fallout shelter. Kitty pool. Truth said. Wait, Love looked between Truth and Zealot. He convinced you to do what? Never mind, it's unimportant. What were you saying? Zealot sounded embarrassed. Love seemed to notice Zealot's discomfort, and genuine concern filled her face. False religion was doubly wrong. Not only were his rules wrong, but the very idea of using rules to save yourself was wrong. Legalist was one step better. He had correct and useful rules, but he thought following them could save him and give him the power to match law's challenge. And, well, you saw the result. So we shouldn't follow rules? Zealot said. Love rolled her eyes, but she didn't look angry. More like she found Zealot's statement cute rather than incorrect. It's always should and should not with you. That's not a very useful question. Yes, it is, Truth said. Knowing right from wrong is important. Well, I suppose, but it's incomplete. 
Love said. I'm more concerned with why something is done, less with what is actually done, though that is important. Your heart must be right, and the rest will follow. I agree, a voice yelled from somewhere. Zealot drew his pistol and assumed a combat position. Oh, calm down, Love put a hand on Zealot's shoulder. Who goes there? If you come in the overseer's name, then by all means show yourself. And if you don't, Zealot said, then by all means show yourself and die. Love shot Zealot a harsh look, then looked at Christian. Does he ever calm down? No, Christian, Truth, and Zealot all said simultaneously. A figure stepped from behind a rock. He was short, hunched over, and wore a martial arts outfit. He held a complicated remote control in his hand. Blessings upon you. Love beamed. Look, he's wishing blessings upon us. I trust him immediately and will make no effort towards verifying if his intentions are actually noble. She floated to the man and curtsied in the air. Blessings upon you as well, fellow traveler. What is your name? I am called Love. I am called Gnostic. This earned blank stares from the others. Oh, very well, the man laughed. A more modern name is Spiritualist. Perhaps not completely accurate, but it will do. Spiritualist? Love tilted her head. That sounds good. I love spiritual things. My name is Love, after all. I do love things, spiritual ones especially. Don't you guys? Christian and Zealot mumbled in half-hearted agreement. Truth looked cross. Spiritualist? What kind of spirits do you mean? (laughs) Please forgive my sister's lack of exuberance. Love said. She can be anti-spiritual sometimes. Are you headed to the gateway? Come with us. The man smiled. I am headed to the gateway, but you are seeking it in the wrong way. For you see, there is a gate within each of us. If we just come into contact with that gate, then we can be freed from our burdens. There was a long pause. What the Zooterkins? Truth said. Everyone stared at Truth. Truth folded her arms. I assure you it's a word. An English one, though usually it's used as a standalone interjection and not part of a sentence as I just, please forgive and ignore Truth. Christian stepped forward. It's what we all do. Hey! Truth looked shocked. You said something about getting rid of my burden. I'm in. Yes, yes, Spiritualist said with a smile. For you see, your burden, the metal prison on your back that drives you to do evil. It is the nature of this carnal and physical world in which we exist. To escape from that, you must escape this physical world and its carnal lusts. That makes sense, Love said. No, it doesn't, Truth said. Oh, shut up, Truth. Love somehow still made the command sound kind. It's very simple, Spiritualist said. The overseer is spirit. Thus, the spiritual is good. The physical, the source of our evil desires, is bad. Thus, spiritual is good and physical is bad. That seems easy to understand, Zealot said. Therefore, I like it. Excellent, Spiritualist said. Some think... Physically changing things will save you. You don't need to physically go through the gateway. Progress spiritually. 
not physically. Remove yourself from all things physical. Then your burden will lift. Conscience smacked Christian on the head. Ow! Christian said. Can you stop doing that? No, I literally cannot! Conscience said, his tone and mannerisms back to his old self. Then what is it? I don't know about this spiritualist guy. Truth might be on to something. Maybe listen to her? Spiritualist kept talking. Like Love was saying, it's the heart that matters. Focus on your thoughts, your mind. Gain the necessary knowledge and sensitivity to make your mindset as close to the overseers as possible. Then your burden will fall away. That's intriguing, Christian said, but I think Truth was trying to say something. Thank you, Truth said, a little annoyed. Who is this? Spiritualist turned towards Truth and gave an untrusting smile. My name is Truth. Christian just said that. Now, the issue with what you said... Oh, I see. I have one of those, too. Spiritualist pressed a few buttons on his remote. A young girl, about half the size of Truth, hobbled out from the rocks. She looked remarkably similar to Truth, with a few odd differences. She was a child without Truth's white hair. Her hair was dark, and her school uniform was cobbled together from random clothing scraps. Her movements seemed mechanical. Truth stared at the girl with confused revulsion. What is this? This is my truth. Spiritualist turned to the girl. Truth, what do you think about what I've said here? He pressed another button. Oh yes, it's all correct, the young girl said in a robotic voice. Okay. Truth's face transfigured ever so gradually into a look of abject horror. Several things are wrong with this. What's wrong? Love drifted over to the young girl. She seems sweet to me. It's not my job to be sweet, Truth said. It's my job to be correct. That may be what your truth says, Spiritualist said. My truth says something else. He pressed more buttons, and the younger Truth spoke. Truth should be sweet to the soul, otherwise it's probably false. How could something be true and troubling to the spirit? Things that make you feel bad are probably bad. You should try to edify your heart, not fill it with negative thoughts. Stop! Truth raised her voice. Spiritualist looked at Christian with concern. Are you going to let your truth talk like that? You really should keep her under control and not let your truth go imposing itself on others. Truth stepped in front of Spiritualist, closer than he seemed comfortable with. Listen, you seem like a very intelligent person, so please don't be insulted if I talk slowly, but this is important and I don't want you to misunderstand a word. She motioned to Christian. He does not, she pointed at herself, own me. Spiritualist blinked, confused. I am my own thing, Truth continued. I am not controlled by Christian or anyone. Most of the time, Christian doesn't even listen to me. He is not my master. What a ridiculous thought, Spiritualist said. Everyone creates their own truth based on their experiences and observations. I myself cobbled together my truth from a bunch of discarded android parts. Tell me, what operating system do you run? He reached for Truth's hand and looked closely at her. 
She's remarkably well constructed. I can't even see the mechanical fusion lines from her construction. I'm not an android. Truth pulled her hand away before Spiritualist could grab it. Yes, yes, that's what androids always say. Spiritualist gave a dismissive wave. I existed long before this fake truth did, Truth said. There is only one of me. One of us is the real truth. Since we conflict, one of us is an imposter. Obviously that one. I mean, just look at her hair. We will see about that, Spiritualist said. If you are so certain of your rightness, then what's your problem with my earlier point? Spiritual is good, physical is bad. The overseer made us physical beings. The overseer doesn't make bad things. Also, the overseer became a physical being. You can be spiritual and believe a bunch of stuff that isn't true. But most importantly, Truth pointed at Love to get her attention. Love, you need to listen to this bit. She pointed at Spiritualist. You're just legalist in reverse. Spiritualist scoffed. That's ridiculous. I am nothing like that pompous mayor. He believed that perfecting one's actions would lead to salvation, not knowing, as Lovin here pointed out, that the heart is what matters. Your level of spiritual development matters. Simply changing your actions does not change the heart. You must change your heart and seek spiritual enlightenment. Is that right, Truth? He pressed another button on his remote. Yes, quite right. Not like legalist at all. Spiritual enlightenment is what matters. No! Truth stomped her foot. This is legalist all over again. You think you can achieve salvation because you pursue spiritual things yourself, because of a truth you invented. At least legalists followed well-defined and verifiable rules, or at least tried to. That's like, you know, just your opinion, man, spiritualist said. It's also correct, truth said, and I'm not a man. Laws, morals, science, these are absolutes by definition. And by absolute, I mean they are the way they are regardless of our opinions about them, as observation of something does not change or define it. It simply brings our attention to what already existed. Morals and laws do not come into existence when we think about them, and they do not cease to exist when we die. Ignorance of a law does not change its nature. A stern, metallic voice came out of nowhere. How kind of you to mention me. Law stepped from behind a rock and smiled, his red eyes glinting from below his wide-brimmed hat. Greetings, everyone. It's me. How cute of you to think running would save you. Christian bolted. Zealot and Truth followed close behind. Love followed, but at a slower pace. Christian looked back as he ran, hoping Law wouldn't catch up. Do not worry, Spiritualist shouted after them. He has no authority here, for I am beyond my carnal lusts and have removed all impure thoughts and desires from my soul. Law gave a small chuckle. You humans think making yourself good 
after the fact will magically remove the previous crimes you committed. You say, oh, look at me, I kill people, but now I don't, so I shouldn't have to pay for my many crimes. How idiotic. Not according to my truth, spiritualist raised his remote. Truth, sick him! He pressed a button. Truth hobbled forward towards Law, then stopped, looked at Law, and said, You are wrong. Law walked past the android like she didn't even exist. He loomed over spiritualist, his red eyes glinting. What can you do? Spiritualist's voice showed a twinge of fear. I am a luminous being, not made of this crude matter. Indeed. Law drew his gun and placed it against Spiritualist's head. Allow me to test your hypothesis. Law fired. Spiritualist's head disintegrated into red mist, and Spiritualist's body crumpled to the ground. Luminous, Law scoffed. No, dust. Law's head swiveled towards Christian. Christian turned back towards the gate and ran with all his might. Will Law ever stop chasing Christian? And will Christian ever meet someone who won't reintroduce themselves in a wildly complicated philosophical rant? And will the author ever discover a type of humor other than self-referential fourth-wall-breaking meta-jokes? Find out next time on Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded. The Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded was written by David Umstead. Audio editing by William Umstead, and audio recording by you from the future who has come back in time to warn of an impending invasion of alien shapeshifters. Hey, it's me, the disembodied voice that does these recordings. I just wanted to do a quick announcement at the end of this episode. Uh, I was finally able to get a sponsor for this podcast. So you're going to start seeing some ads in these episodes. Uh, I really didn't want to sell out and sell ads, uh, but I need money for food and fuel and loan sharks who have kidnapped my family and won't give them back until I give them the cheddar. So I need money for linguistic classes in order to figure out what the cheddar means. Uh, it's not cheese. So, uh, yeah, I need that. And uh, I'll try to keep the ads short, and I'll probably put them in scene breaks. Um, and if you don't like it, then if one of you could send me, like, 50 grand, then I wouldn't have to do them. But, yeah, I just wanted to give the announcement about that. I hope you guys have been enjoying the podcast. And if you haven't, then uh, how did you get this far into it? Are you lost? Uh, you should probably ask for directions.